I got a message to preach, but I want to just lean into that for just a second. Some of you, your, your Saturday has, has been a decade. Some of you, your Saturday has been years and you've been waiting and it seemed like God isn't moving. Please make sure you understand that just because you can't see him moving does not mean he isn't moving. Because see, while he was buried in the tomb, Bible says that Jesus went into the depths of the earth. He went to hell. And he handled some business for us. It says that he went and he took some keys from the devil. Now, I don't, I don't know if you really understand, but whoever's got the keys to my house has the authority over my house. Whoever has the keys to my truck has the authority over my truck. It might be my truck, but if Raph has the keys, Raph's driving it. He's the one that decides where it goes. He went and got the keys, and then when Jesus came out the grave on Sunday, he had those keys with him. So just because you don't see him moving doesn't mean he isn't. Amen? Pray me real quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your presence in this place. God, I ask in Jesus' name that you would reign in this room. I come against every assignment of depression and anxiety to rob from today. I come against every addictive tendency and bondage that's going to try and rob for people this morning. I speak freedom and liberty over them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray this word would go forth. It would fall on good ground. It will produce a harvest a hundred times over. We honor you in this place, King Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cliff. We've been in a sermon series for the last six weeks. Two different buildings. I'm, I, real quick, I'm telling you, if, if, if you don't mind getting up early, you ought to come to the 8 o'clock service at this place. Because every time I come and hear Brother Ballard preach, I don't want to preach. Because he just preaches that good. Y'all think I'm kidding. He really does preach that good. But we've been in a sermon series over the last six weeks. And we've looked at the final statements that Jesus made. And so to recap them for you, the first thing Jesus says when he gets on the cross is, Father, forgive them. And we learn, and every, every statement has had a principle attached to it. So the first thing Jesus says is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And what Jesus was establishing to us is that before we can do anything in our walk with the Lord, we have to forgive. We have to be forgiven, and we have to forgive. The second thing that Jesus said was, I'm going to make sure I remember because I don't want to get them out of order. Second thing that Jesus said was, this day you will be with me in paradise. He looked at the thief. The thief hadn't been baptized. The thief hadn't said a sinner's prayer. The thief hadn't, he hadn't sang a worship song. He hadn't done nothing. But because he put his faith in Jesus, he was promised to be with him for eternity. And what that principle is saying is that it doesn't matter where we are or what we're doing. The gospel needs to be preached. People need to know who Jesus is. The third thing that was said was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we saw how Jesus dealt with being forsaken. Then the next one we see, thank you, sir. 
was I thirst. And the fact that Jesus understands what suffering is. He understands what needs are. I skipped one. Sorry. I looked at my beautiful mother and I remember that Jesus said, Son, this is your mother. Mother, this is your son. And what he did in that principle, in that statement, is he let us know that the family of God needs to be treated the same as our biological family. That my brothers and sisters in Christ, all my brothers and sisters. Then we got to I thirst. Then we got to it is finished. When Jesus said the work was done. And then today we get to the last one. And most people think it is finished is the last thing he said, but it's not. The last thing Jesus said from the cross was, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That's the last thing Jesus said. Go to Luke 23, 44. I don't want to be super long. I know we got kids that are going to want to get all the eggs and everybody's got places to go. And I'm really hot in this shirt. So, <laughs> praise God. Luke 23, 44 through 46. Now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. If, oh, if I had the time. Then verse 46. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. I want you to understand something. Jesus says it is finished. And then there's this pause because he doesn't die yet. Jesus had done everything that he was supposed to do. He had checked off every box. He had fulfilled the entire law. All of sin had been placed on him. All of rejection had been placed on him. Everything that Jesus was supposed to do, he had already done. It was finished at that point. All the work was done. But he's still alive. Romans 3.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus had your sin and my sin and every other human that has ever lived. That sin was on Jesus. And the wages of sin is death. So death had a legal argument to take Jesus. But he was still alive. Shame had been there. All of the shame. Have you ever been ashamed of something? If not, you are really not honest with yourself. We've all been ashamed of, Jesus was ashamed of not just his junk. You ever had like secondhand embarrassment? Where you've been, like somebody did something so dumb, you go, oh, that hurts, and you embarrassed for them? Well, Jesus had like secondhand shame for everyone who's ever lived. He carried it all. And he's got shame, and he's got guilt, and he's got rejection because the father's turned his back on him. He's hanging there by himself, and yet he's still alive. Death has an argument to take him because the wages of sin, the payment of sin is death. But Jesus is still alive. Death and sin had unrestricted access to Jesus for several hours at this point, And he's still alive. Go to John chapter 10, verse 17. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down. And I have the power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. Do you, you catch what Jesus just said? No one takes it from me. On sin's best day. 
when Jesus was carrying the sin of the world on sin's best day at its best moment his body had been beaten and ripped to shreds on its best moment at the top of sin's game it still couldn't touch Jesus it still couldn't overcome Jesus Jesus had to let death take him do you you got to understand how how bad Jesus is right like how strong you and I don't have a say so over death it just comes Right? We can do a bunch of sit-ups and we can have a great diet. We can do all, take all the vitamins in the world. But when it's time, it's time. Jesus like, no, nah, it ain't time yet. I know you can take me, but I, I ain't letting you. Now, I'm not Jesus. I wasn't there. I understand all that. But I, part of me has to think, maybe it's the petty in me. But when he was hanging there, had already said it is finished. I know the devil had a front row seat. I can promise you he was there watching. Part of me thinks he just looked at him and went, and went. Like, you still can't take it. You still can't touch me. He demonstrated in this brief moment here that even when sin had a legal argument against him, it still couldn't overcome it. And Jesus says, I lay my life down because what Jesus did on the cross was 100% of his own will. 100% of his own will. Jesus didn't die of asphyxiation. Jesus didn't die from blood loss. He didn't die from trauma. He didn't die from exploding heart. No, Jesus died of surrender. Jesus died of surrender. We have to make sure we understand this because it's extremely important that Jesus, his body didn't give out on him. Do you understand what I'm saying? His body didn't quit. The pain wasn't too much. The suffering wasn't too great. No, Jesus died when he wanted to. He laid his life down. Jesus finally comes to give up his life. He's done it all. He's been obedient. And Jesus' last words from the cross were words of surrender. The last thing Jesus says is, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I've done everything you've asked me to do. I've been faithful. I've done it all. Here it is. Take it. It's yours. And he said, have you reached that place yet? Have you reached a place where you, you've done it all? Everything you know to do. You've tried it all. Okay, Jesus, it's yours. I surrender to you. Because Jesus lays out this extremely important principle here. That Jesus, he had obeyed the word of the Lord. He had been faithful through the pain and the torment and the suffering and the trauma. Do you realize Jesus went through more than everybody in this room combined a million times on the cross? Yet he remained faithful. He could have got off at any point in time. He could have healed himself at any point in time. But he surrendered to the will and the plan and the purpose of God. He surrendered to it. What Jesus does there is he lays out this very important principle that the Apostle Paul really explains in Ephesians chapter 6. Go to Ephesians 6 with me real quick this morning. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, right here, and having done all 
to stand. And having done all to stand. Hear me out. There's a point that you're going to reach in different seasons of your life when you reach the end of yourself. When you reach the end of what you can do, of what you can muster, you can't pray any more than you've prayed. You can't fast any more than you've fasted. You can't read any more than you've read. You can't respond to altar calls any more than you have. You reach a point when you've done all that you know to do, and you stand. And what Jesus did is Jesus said, I'm, I've done it. It is finished. Pause. I'm standing. I'm standing. No. Here's the catch. Did it still hurt? Right? Like when Jesus is in, before he says into your hands, I give my spirit, did it still hurt? Yes, it was still excruciating. Was it still difficult? Yes, it was still difficult. But he surrendered. He surrendered. This verse says that having done all to stand. One of the sad things I find is that many people say they've reached a place of having done all, when in reality, they haven't done all they know to do. They've just done all they want to do. So y'all thought I was like just taking it easy on you because it's Easter. I was just setting you up for it. I'm really, it, it, I'm just going to be transparent with you for a minute. I'm, I, I, right, we're going we're gonna to let it go. I'm the pastor being a little transparent. Want to know what the most frustrating things in the world is as a pastor, as a minister? Pastor, I need help. With what? With my marriage, with my finances, with my relationships, with, with defeating lust. With that. Okay, well, have we read the Bible? No. Have we prayed? No. Are we in group, life group? No. Oh, so what you want is me to be the Robin Williams genie in Aladdin. You come out on a Sunday, you rub the belly of something, and I pray for you, and all the problems disappear. No, trust me, if that was all it took, my job would be significantly easier. Because I'll just walk around all day and just smack everybody. If me touching somebody fixed everybody's problems, I'd just show up, I'd schedule you for 2.15, and you for 2.30, and you for 2.40, we just wop, 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 and everybody would be great and great, and everything would be holy and happy. No, 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 no. Many people will say, I've done all I know to do, when it's not you've just done all you've wanted to do. Because we don't want to surrender. We want just enough of Jesus to escape hell, but not enough of Jesus to become Lord and actually change us. And we live in a day and a time where people are so sick of fake news and false advertisement and these fake uh, impressions that people give, yet the problem is we stand before the God of eternity who knows us inside and out, backwards and frontwards in our sleep and still try to put on a performance. When Jesus hangs on the cross, says it is finished and is still alive. Because he did all that he needed to do. Do you realize Jesus, the Son of Man, had to trust that if I give this up to you, you're going to give it back. I'm trusting you, God, that I'm going to commit my here into your hands. I give, I've done everything I can do in this body. I'm giving it now to you. Jesus had to surrender himself. Hear me out. If Jesus had to surrender, what makes us think we won't? What makes us think that we can live a life that was purchased with surrender without it? I want to look at this verse. We're going to break it down a little bit. The first thing we're going to look at is having done all. 
having done all. This is from right here. We're still in Ephesians 6. Having done all. Well, what, what all is there, Pastor Chris? Well, the first thing of having done all is to obey Scripture. Right here. Pastor Chris, I'm struggling in my marriage. Well, are you living Ephesians chapter 5? No. Well, then you haven't done all. Because Ephesians 5 says, Wives, submit to your husband and unto the Lord, and husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I see a whole lot of husbands wanting their wives to submit, but they're definitely not laying their lives down like Christ did. But, Pastor Chris, I, I just need help. No, no, it's right there. It's in here. It's the secret answer book of everything. Pastor Chris, well, I'm struggling with my finances. Are you tithing? No. Malachi 3 says that I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. When you tithe, he rebukes the thing that comes to take your money from you. Y'all, I want to tell you a secret. I have tithed myself NSF before. Because I, I, I gave online and it took a day to go through and then I went and did something, never had money, and I tithed NSF. And I was mad that I tithed NSF. And my daddy said, son, that's the best NSF you'll ever have. Non-sufficient funds. Jesus don't know what that is. Guess what? I had enough money for the next week. Where did it come from? I don't even remember. Couldn't tell you. But having done all, it tells us what to do right here. Pastor Chris, the enemy's been beating me up. Man, he's been really getting to me. I, I don't feel valuable. I don't feel like I have worth. I don't feel like I have purpose. I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I, I don't have any use or purpose right now. What, well, are you connected to the body? Because if you take my hand and chop it off and lay it on the stage right here, it's going to feel pretty purposeless. It's going to feel pretty lost and alone and empty. Why? Not because my hand is no good. It's just the hand is all connected to the body. But, but I haven't done all because I don't like people. And so I don't want to go to group. Well, thank God you weren't Jesus. I, I, just, I, I, don't, I don't trust people. Hear me, I, I don't do this for you. You shouldn't do this for me. Because here's the secret. I'm going to upset you if I haven't already. You're going to upset me? I promise. But he's never going to upset me. He's never going to let me down. He's never going to fail me. And so I can love you because I first love him. Because my love for you is an extension of my worship to the Father, my worship to the Son. Having done all, next is stand. Go to James chapter 1. Almost brought me a towel this morning. I thought I might need it. I should have. Stand. Once you've done all you know... Now, hear me out. Some of the things we have to do are continual. Right? I don't get to read my Bible once and expect all the wisdom in the book to just be embodied into my spirit and I live that way. I have to do this continually. I don't tithe one time and my finances are good for the rest of my life. I've got to keep on doing it. But having done all, next is to stand. James chapter 1. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Does it still hurt? Yes. Is it still hard? Yes. Does that mean that God is not moving? 
We need to do this. Please hear me out. I hope that you would take this next statement and you would, you would make it part of your life, like life motto. We have to stop attaching the removal of difficulty as the proof that God is moving. We have to stop attaching the removal of difficulty as the proof that God is moving. Because if that's the case, then God did no kind of work on the cross. If the removal of difficulty means that now God is moving, then he did nothing on the cross. No, in fact, he uses the very difficulty you and I want to get rid of to change us. Ready for the newsflash? The situation, the result, the solving, the ending of the situation is not the result or goal God is working for. The result and goal God is working for is you and me becoming more like him through the circumstance. And so he's not going to remove the difficulty. Why? Because let patience have its perfect work. We have to stop attaching the removal of difficulty as the proof that God has moved. If that's the case, God has not moved but six weeks I've been pastor. Because it's been difficult all the rest of it. But no, I know he's moving. Like the song Waymaker, right? Even when I don't see it, you're moving or working, whatever the lyric is. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never, absolutely, praise God. Thank the Lord. It's a burp cloth. I hope it ain't got a burp on it, but I don't really care. I feel like I'm playing football basketball up here. Whew. Jesus. Wow. Praise God. I forgot I was saying. That burp cloth was that good. First, we have to done all. We have to do all. Then we have to stand. But third, we got to surrender. This is the tough one. Jesus says, in your hands, I've done it all in my strength. I've done everything I could do. I've gone to counseling. I've gone to group. I've gone to prayer. I've, I've done everything I know to do, and that's it. I can't do anymore. Next is surrender. Because, see, there's a difference. See, when I'm doing all, y'all got to catch this. When I'm doing all, and when I'm standing, I can still hold on to my desired outcome. Right? Hear me. When I'm, when, I'm, when I'm doing all I know to do, and when I'm standing, I can still cling to the outcome I want. Right? You have your own outcome. I have my own outcome. We would be lying if we all said that we always got the outcome we wanted. Because we don't. No, what surrender does is surrender doesn't cause us to just surrender the situation, but it allows us to surrender the outcome of that situation. It brings us to a place like in Daniel 3 when the three Hebrew boys are put in the fire and it's, they say, we're not going to bow, but even if he doesn't save us from the fire, I'm not going to bow because the outcome is not important. What's important is what's happening in me. And through me. That's what matters. But Pastor Chris. What if. What if I don't get healed of cancer. Oh that's right. Our theology of healing only manifests itself. When we get healed in this, in this life. Oh. 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 Pastor Chris. Um, 
What if, what if I always struggle financially? Oh, we just skipped Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor. They shall inherit the earth. God's got a purpose for you every day, every hour, every minute, every second, every breath, every heartbeat. Most of us struggle in our walk with God because we wrestle over what that purpose is. We don't like the way it looks. We don't like the way it feels. We don't like the way it sounds. Yet we're supposed to, we're called Christians, meaning we're modeling ourselves after Christ. And he did everything the Father instructed him to do. He was obedient, yes, even to death on a cross. No, I'm going to surrender the outcome. I'm going to surrender the outcome. I have prayed for five dead bodies. I've walked up to five dead bodies, put my hand on them, and spoke life over five dead people. And I am 0 for 5. If it was my outcome, I'd be 5 and 0. But I had to surrender what I wanted. Because his ways are higher than my ways. And his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. The moment that you and I think we understand what he's doing in the big picture is the moment we have shrunken God down to something comprehensible. So it says, having done all, stand. And then Jesus surrendered. Pastor Chris, how can I surrender the salvation of my children? Pastor how can I surrender the salvation of my husband? How can I surrender God sending me a husband? How can I surrender me having a child? How can I surrender this? How can I surrender that? How can I surrender all of these different things? Let me tell you the secret to surrendering. The secret to surrendering is trusting his desired outcome, not yours. And you want to know what the best part about it is? We know what his desired outcome is. See, 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Here, you can have it. You know why he was able to do that so easily? Because he knew what the desired outcome was. The desired outcome of surrender is always resurrection. The desired outcome of everything surrendered is resurrection. Go to Matthew. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door, and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothes, clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. My favorite part. As he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell all the disciples that he has risen from the dead. Indeed, he's going before you in the Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb. And fear and great joy ran to bring the disciples this word. 
His desired outcome is resurrection. Jesus was on the cross and sin and death and shame and sickness and depression and fear. All of those things were placed on him. Every ounce of it was placed on him. He did everything he was supposed to do and he was buried with sin. He was buried with shame. He was buried with guilt. He was buried with cancer. He was buried with heart disease. He was buried with racism. He was buried with all of these things in him. But on the third morning, when Jesus got up, when Jesus came out of the tomb, he did not come out with sin, sickness, death, cancer, racism. None of it came out with him. We've got to understand something. If you don't surrender it, you're going to keep it. If you don't surrender, you're going to keep it. Jesus would have kept all that stuff on him had he not surrendered it into your hands. I, I commend my spirit. But because he surrendered, he took the situation completely out of his responsibility and gave it back to God. And God said, now that you've given it to me, watch what I can do. I'm going to bring you out, but I'm going to bring you out. And the stain of what you just went through will not be on you any longer. The mess that you just walked through is not going to be on you any longer. I wish I could find five people who would help me. And what, what he brought you out of is no longer attached to you any longer. But best Christian, it still hurts. I know. I know it still hurts. I know I don't have all the answers. But I know what it is doing. It's producing godly character in me. Because now I'm watching as the thing that used to have me defeated, I'm now walking a victory over. The thing that used to cause me to lose sleep, I'm now sleeping like a baby through. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I understand your situation is tough, it's difficult, I get it, I promise. But there has never been anything surrendered to the Lord that he has not brought back in better condition. Never. Have you surrendered? Have you surrendered? Some of you may have surrendered your life as far as being a believer. You, you will say without a doubt, Jesus is the Lord of my life. He's my Savior. He died for my sin. You may say without question, I believe he created everything and, and, and all that stuff. But have you surrendered? See, I think it's easy to surrender the abstract things than it is the practical things. I can remember having many conversations with teenagers. I'm not going to be much longer. Many conversations with teenagers when I was a youth pastor that they had no problem necessarily understanding uh, how God could create the heavens and the earth because it's a big abstract conversation but they all struggled with why they couldn't sleep with their boyfriend or girlfriend or they couldn't do this or they couldn't do why 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 can't because it's practical man I, Pastor Chris, I, I just I can't go to church because that person is there and that person talked bad about me do you believe that Jesus created the heaven yes I believe that wholeheartedly do you believe he died on the cross absolutely died on the cross for my sin and your sin and theirs absolutely why can't you come to church because I don't like them Think about, right, think about your kids for a minute. Think about my kids, right? I got two girls. They're 17 months apart, and they never fight. 
ever. But of the two of them, Addison, she's the rule follower. But Bethany, she's the one that, she's loyal. Like, big time loyal. So if you do something that doesn't go the way you said it was going to go, watch out. Like, it could literally be an emergency, or better yet, she always wants to go get ICs after school every day, right? I just invest in an IC machine at this point because I've probably purchased one at this point. But one day I pick her up, and there's something going on with the church, and I couldn't do it. Plus, it was like this massive thunderstorm. I had to get them home, so I'd get up and leave. And I told her we would get one, but we couldn't stop. I had Sam with me. I wasn't going to unload all three and go into the store and get the ICs because we're spoiled. We only like them from the Euro Tackle Box. We're not going to get into that, though. I have a little all three kids to go do that. And she got legitimately hurt because I said, we're going to get ISIS today, and we didn't. Now, see, I don't know about you, but that is such a very silly thing to get hurt about. Like, we'll get ISIS tomorrow. But in Bethany's little world, that's everything. I want to tell you a secret. The things that you and I have to surrender, look to God like Bethany's icy. Where God sits there and God's like, you gonna cut up over this? Over this, this. This is what you're gonna throw a tantrum over, this right here. Well, God, I can't get the truck I want. You're gonna throw a fit over this. Well, God, I, I, I'm still single, and I'm, I'm 25. I'm going to throw a fit over this. No, 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 no. God looks at it and says, I surrendered everything, and I got it back better. Jesus went into the grave with a busted up, broken body and came out with a glorified one. Y'all, he could walk through walls. It's pretty cool. But we can't surrender the small things, the temporary things, the menial things. I'm going to go one more place and I'm going to get out of here and we're going we're to land the plane. Because if I go too far into this, he might get mad at me. Pastor Chris, I, I want to get involved in church. I want to get involved in doing things. But I just don't agree with, with the way the church does this. Or, I don't agree with going to church people who think differently than me or vote differently than me or listen to different music than me they're not holy enough they're too religious Jesus laid it all down everything everything why can't we you may be here this morning, and you may be saying, Pastor Chris, I need to surrender. Maybe you've never surrendered everything to Jesus. Maybe you've never said, Jesus, I'm making you Lord of my life. You're mine. I surrender to you. Maybe you've done that, but what you've never done is there's still parts of your life that you're holding to. No, I, I need you to fix this my way. 
I need this to go down the way I want it to go down. I need that person to say they're sorry to me. I need that person to pay me back what they owe me. I need, I need this situation to go and get handled this particular way. No, no, surrender. 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 Jesus surrendered his body and was given a glorified one. And his promise to us is that if any man be in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has passed away and all things have become new. With every head bowed this morning, every eye closed. Here's my question for you this morning. Have you surrendered? Have you surrendered? I'm talking big picture right now. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Pastor Chris, I go to church. I never asked if you go to church. I believe God's real. I never actually you believe God's real. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Where you're saying, Jesus, I'm yours. I want to tell you a secret about that. I have to do that every morning. I have to remind myself every morning that I don't belong to Chris. I belong to Jesus. Because I can promise you, there have been some Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays that I've woken up and I didn't want my life to belong to Jesus because Chris wanted to handle things a certain way. But because I've surrendered my life to him, I am no longer my own for I have been crucified with Christ and it's not all longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. This life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me, Galatians 2. So if you're here this morning, you can say, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, you can say, Pastor Chris, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never surrendered to Jesus. I want you to slip your hand and put it right back down. Is there anybody here this morning? Now, you may be here. And you may have surrendered your life to Jesus, big picture. But you're still clinging to some things practically. You're still clinging to some situations that you want to go a certain way. I want to challenge you this morning. Don't just sit there and do the church thing. If, if, if you're struggling with something, if you're wrestling with something that you need God to do in your life, potentially the reason He isn't moving is because you haven't surrendered. So on the count of three, if you're here and there's something in your life you need to surrender to Jesus, an outcome, a situation, a circumstance, or maybe it already happened. The situation is over. And you don't like the way it ended, the way it turned out. You still have to surrender that outcome to him. If you're here and that's you this morning, I want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there's a situation that you still need to surrender to Jesus. Lift your hand and put it right back down. I see hands going up. There's a situation or a circumstance that you know you need to lay before Jesus. If that's you, I want you to stand up right where you are. 
Raise your hand. Just stand up. 